So the Fed is on pause, no surprise there perhaps, but they are suggesting another half percent before they reach their terminal rate. So if that means two more rises, why pause now? And even though it was a unanimous decision, the Fed is as divided as ever. That's evidenced by the dot plots that are all over the place. Maybe the ECB will be a bit more unified there next. And the Australian employment numbers today as well, and a swathe of data from China and the US. It's Thursday, the 15th of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar is down 0.3% this morning. It was down two thirds of 1%, but it gave back half of that after the Fed announcement. So now the pound is up 0.4%, the euro up 0.3%, the Aussie is up 0.4% as well, edging closer to 68 US cents. Uh, there was movement, as you'd expect, with bond yields, although not much in 10 years. They jumped up after the FOMC announcement, but uh, down two basis points on the start of the session. Two years were drifting down, but then it was a cliff face response to the Fed. about. 14 basis points up in a matter of minutes. But all of that has reversed now. And ahead of the ECB, yields for 10 years are up in Europe, three, base, three basis points up in Germany, Italy and France. UK 10-year gilts down four basis points. Aussie 10 years were up four basis points yesterday to 3.97%, only marginally higher on futures overnight. And equities, well, the Dow down 0.7% at close. The S&P just managing to stay in the green by less than 0.1%. And the Nasdaq up 0.4%. Nothing can stop tech, it seems. Healthcare, energy and financials faring the worst. And shares up in Europe, 0.5% for the DAX, 0.6% for the Eurostox 50, just 0.1% for the FTSE 100. And oil taking a hit, a 1% drop in WTI, 0.9% for Brent, which is down to 73.60 a barrel. It was actually down to 73 earlier, but still higher than the start of the week. So, all of that after a hawkish skip, that's what they're calling it, or maybe a waller skip, seeming as Christopher Waller is the one who's been arguing weeks back that they should skip, then go further, which is what looks like is happening. Uh, but why skip? Why not just get on with it? Here's JB Weir, Sally Old. She joins me in Sydney this morning. I mean, it was a unanimous decision to pause. This is the first pause in 15 months after 10 straight lifts. But the indications are that there will still be two more hikes to come, taking it to 5.6%. So, I mean, the question a lot of people are asking is, why pause? Why not just get on with it? Good morning, Phil. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, this is sort of the, I guess, the playbook that the Fed leadership had had broadly signalled, you know, as we approach this meeting. And, and I think there's a story here around saying, look, we've done a lot, um, you know, as you said, 15 months of a tightening cycle, rates have gone up 500 basis points. Um, and, you know, we know that monetary policy works with lags. And so I guess as you get to the more mature phase of the tightening cycle, the option value of waiting just to see what's going on goes up a lot. Um, and so, you know, I think the the sort of desire today was to say, look, you know, we're just taking a breather, uh, this, this meeting, but... Um, you know, the economy is still doing pretty well. Unemployment rates still hovering around cyclical lows. Um, you know, Powell was pretty clear in the press conference saying that inflation hasn't really come down enough and they've just got to keep hammering away at, at getting it down. And so it was always meant to be this sort of hawkish pause. And I think they've done pretty well in, in signaling that, you know, jamming in um, expectations for another couple of hikes um, in in 2023. So, you know, when you look at the, we've got the updated dot plot and, and economic projections, they've lifted GDP forecasts for this year. 
They've taken down the unemployment rate forecast. They've pushed up the core inflation forecast. So it's all broadly consistent with this idea that the economy is doing better than they thought. Inflation hasn't come down as fast as they were hoping, um, and still there's still a bit more work to be done. So when you look at the dots, you know there, there's nine on the FOMC who think they should deliver two more hikes this year. There's three who think they should do more than two. Um, and then there's six who are who are somewhere between zero and yeah. uh, and two. So I mean, yeah, then two. you get a couple yeah. of years out. I guess obviously gets less uh, less scientific mm. if it's at all scientific anyway. Mm. Uh, but by 2024, I mean anything from what 3.6 percent to six percent. I mean there's absolutely huge variation in what the Fed board is expecting. I mean in the short term, but obviously you know it just it spreads out. You just wonder how useful those dot pol- those dot plots are really when there's such a huge variation. Yeah, well, Powell sort of said that in the press conference. He's like, you know, don't don't sort of get too hung up on the forecast. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty around them, um, you know, not just over the next year, but, you know, particularly when we look out two or three years. So, yes, I mean, I think we we know that we need to, to take those with um, a bit of a grain of salt. Yeah. So, I mean, a fair question was raised to Jerome Powell. If you've got your own forecast saying unemployment is coming down, you know, from 4.5% down to 4.1%, uh, you've you've upped your growth forecast, uh, you've taken core PC from 3.9, uh, from 3.6% to 3.9%. Uh, so, uh, you know, a fair question. Uh Where's all this disinflation going to come from? How you you know you say inflation is going to come down, but you're upping your you're you're seeing the economy running hotter. Where does it all you know where does it where does it start to change? Yeah, no, as you say, a fair question. Um, but this is sort of the the issue that a lot of central banks are grappling with. That you know they they're, they're sort of comfortable that the inflation story has peaked for the cycle. So you know everyone's happy with that view, but. In terms of the trajectory towards lower inflation rates, inflation is proving more sticky. And Hal talked about services inflation. You know, he was asked about what's going on with wages and said, look, you know, it wasn't really about wages at the beginning of the cycle, but increasingly it is about that sort of stuff, which is exactly what the RBA, I think, are facing into um, as well at the moment. And and so, you know, essentially the, the story really is that economies have proved more resilient to tightening cycles. Inflation's proved more sticky um, than perhaps most people, including central banks, expected. And so more tightening is is required. And so I think, you know, when you when you look across um, a number of markets, you know, the, the Fed is basically saying, look, we're going to get to sort of 4.6 or thereabouts, uh, 5.6 or thereabouts. You know, we saw in the UK this week a pretty vicious repricing of the front end um, as they had some much stronger than expected labour market data. And so, again, that, that the market is now saying, you know, a cash rate somewhere in the high fives. Um, New Zealand's already there in the mid fives. Um, and so this is sort of, I think, the realisation that's happening in the Australian market, which is that we're not going to get away or get out of this with, you know, a, a cash rate um, in the low fours that just feels so far below what other similar economies are, are looking at. Yeah, well, one, there was one of those dot plots was saying 6%, over 6% this year, wasn't there, uh, in in that announcement today. And uh, look, they're saying the rate will be down to 4.6% by the end of next year. It's still pretty high, isn't it? Because, I mean, he's answered that question about, you know, where's the disinflation come from? He goes, well, you know, we've got to see the good supply increase. We've got to, you know, see that uh, those supply chain bottlenecks go away. We've got to see new house leases coming down. We're starting to see that. And service sector wages coming down as well through loosening in the labour market, which obviously is taking time. All of this is taking time. That's the thing, isn't it? Uh, that, there's still quite a way to go, clearly. Absolutely, yeah. And that, that, that's the message from all of this, is that we're not done yet um, on this on this story and that, 
you know, when you when you go back in history and and you look at sort of episodes where central banks have intentionally, you know, tried to to engineer material disinflations, you know, I think the message is, you know, it, it takes longer than you think and probably takes more rate hikes than you think and potentially risks, you know, more collateral damage to the economy than than you initially think at the beginning of the cycle. So I think this should keep sort of investors and markets on notice that you know we're not there yet and there's plenty of more plenty more water that to to come under the bridge in terms of the the macro story yeah well mick tamiros uh, from the wall street journal he asked in that press conference in relation to that question about why don't they just get on with it right why pause uh, he said it's a bit like joining a gym you don't join a gym and expect to lose weight you've actually got to do all the hard work which i thought was a bit unfair because they've been in that gym now they've had that gym membership for 15 months and uh, this is the first time they sort of skipped a session to let their metabolism catch up so i think you know that's a better analogy perhaps and uh but there's he did also interestingly quote earlier on in the day uh on twitter a quote from janet yellen from 2008 where she was basically saying or 2006 saying you know she was talking about the danger of overshooting saying that as you near the end the risks get two-sided you don't do enough or you go too far which sounds fair enough doesn't it although half a percent more doesn't sound as though we're close to the end, does it? Look, one thing is very clear is that uh, the economy is certainly cooling in the United States. Producer prices, PPI for May down 0.3%, although it has been up and down a bit lately. Uh, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but we also had a big increase in, in crude oil stocks in the uh, in the ESA figures overnight as well, uh, from falling half a million uh, barrels to inventories rising by almost 8 million barrels, so less being used, clearly. And we're seeing a response to that uh, with oil prices down, although oil is down perhaps also because the Biden administration is apparently talking to Iran and maybe diplomatic relations might improve to the point that they lift sanctions and we get more Iranian oil becoming available. Uh, maybe that's what's driving oil down. Yeah, so I think the the oil story, I think there's a, a lot of stuff that, that sits behind what oil prices are doing. Um, and one is sort of clearly the global macro backdrop. And, you know, we've had sort of consistently weak data in China, who we know are a big big source of demand for oil, and we'll come to that um, a bit later on. Um, but also, you know, I think the message is that central banks are not giving up anytime soon. Um, and so maybe markets are starting to fret a little bit more about a deeper slowdown than than perhaps is is priced in. So I think there's that story. And then as you you talked about, that there's clearly the geopolitics are at work in, in, in some of these areas. And so some people are sort of talking about, you know, a bit of a peace dividend in the oil market where we might start to see more supply from, you know, some of those countries who've effectively been, you know, under pretty strict sanctions for a number of years, um, whether that could potentially be Iraq or Iran. Um, and then also in the background, you know, I think there's a sense that, you know, while some of the OPEC countries are, you know, wanting to cut supply, like we saw with the OPEC meeting last week, um, you know, others um, such as Russia, you know, are continuing to pump out a whole lot of oil. And so you've sort of got this story, I think, where the supply fundamentals, um, you know, are, are reasonably positive for the oil price. And I guess, you know, the outlook for demand is is broadly uncertain, given that central banks are not not sort of giving up on the tightening cycle anytime soon. And we've got this sort of issue of the Chinese economy clearly much weaker than most people anticipated. And I think all that conspires to get you 
you know, sort of a bit of weakness in oil. Well, we'll see more of that weakness, perhaps, because we get industrial production, we get retail sales, we get the unemployment rate, we get the house price index, but also the uh, the one-year loan rate, which uh, could well come down today in China. Yeah, that's right. So we get that, that sort of monthly data dump for China today, and, and the consensus expectations are all pretty soft. So I think the market's pretty sort of settled on this idea that, you know, in the second quarter of 2023, growth momentum has, has slipped quite dramatically um, in China. And that's, you know, partly the reason why we're seeing the Chinese authorities start to to come forward with some policy stimulus and they cut the reverse repo rate um, earlier this week. And yes, expectations are that today we should see um, a cut in that one-year medium-term lending facility rate as well. Right. So the next big bit of news today is Australia's employment numbers. I think the expectation is that the unemployment rate will stick at 3.7%, pretty low. I mean, that the fact that the lay market was uh, has been so tight has been one of the reasons given, of course, by the RBA last week. Uh, so there'll be all eyes on those numbers today. But we're not expecting it to move a great deal, are we? No. So the consensus is looking for a, a small rise of about 17,500 for, for jobs or employment in the month. Um, you know, our colleagues at NAB Economics are a little bit below that at, at looking for a rise of 10,000. But um, yes, unemployment rate expected to sit at 3.7%, which you know is two-tenths of a, a percent above the, the sort of low for the cycle. But you know, in the big picture of things, that's still an, a, a labour market that's at full employment. And, you know, you're, you're, you're spot on. Like one of the issues for the RBA is that, you know, when they look across labour and product markets, they're basically saying all the indicators we look at, whether that's the unemployment rate or capacity utilisation rates, they're all telling us that, you know, there's not basically any spare capacity in the economy. And I think from their perspective, the question would be, how can we be confident that inflation's on the right track if we're not even yet at a point where we've created a little bit of slack um, in the mm. economy. So today's numbers will be will be important as they always are. And the consumer inflation expectation. So the consensus is it's going to be 4.8% one year on. Uh, I mean, how accurate are those numbers? I mean, yeah, they I, bounce I, around a lot, and and sort of generally they, you know, they tend to follow the ups and downs in in petrol prices. Um, but these have been interesting because you know a bit like actual inflation, you know, that that series peaked um, with inflation expectations around six and a half percent, came all the way down to four and a half percent, and just recently has popped back above five percent. And so, like I said, it bounces around month to month, and so I don't know that you'd want to read too much into. Um, just one month's data. But I think today will be interesting because if you get another sort of reading above the consensus, so above 5% again, like that might say to the RBA, just watch out a little bit because we know there's been, I guess, you know, some some wage rises yeah. announced that were sort of stronger than than sort of expected. And Right. If that inflation expectation is too high, then we're going to see that translated into higher wages. Is there, is there fear? Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that you know, people yeah. think that if wages are going up by six, well, inflation must be going up by you know five or six, and the whole thing gets yeah. gets embedded. I want a six percent pay increase. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so look, the ECB tonight, uh, a quarter percent is expected, uh, pushing their interest rate to what four percent, mm-hmm. even though they are technically in recession. So the question is, assuming they do raise rates, uh, what will they do next? All eyes are going to be on what Christine Lagarde has to say on that on the on the press conference. Is there an outside chance, given that they have paused in the US, that the ECB might do the same thing, or are they are they still on a bit of a crusade? Is the job that much harder for them? Yeah, I'm not sure that Lagarde is ready to to skip or to to pause just yet. Um, you know, obviously their rates are a fair bit lower than than in the US, and I, I just don't think that. 
um, you know, the the ECB and, and particularly Lagarde are at the point where they're sort of comfortable that they've done enough and they're comfortable that inflation is behaving the way they want it to behave. And so I think, um, you know, in my mind, there's there's only a very, very slim chance that they're going to pause tonight. Um, and I think the the sort of message that we've been hearing from ECB members um, over the last little while is that there's still there's still more to be done. Um, and I think they would be looking around at the message which came from Powell, which is that yep, we've skipped we've skipped today, but you know we're still not satisfied with the extent to which inflation is coming down. They'll be looking at what's going on in the UK, um, and sort of you know, I think the message to them would be you know the last thing that you want to do in this sort of situation is is sort of pause too prematurely. So pretty confident that the ECB is going to go go tonight and and probably signal that they're they're not done yet. And I guess that means, uh, you know, that's softer for the US dollar, which is good for the Aussie. The Aussie's up 0.4% this morning, so we're mm-hmm. doing well on the back of it. So we've got some regional surveys for the US today, the fully fed business outlook, the Empire Manufacturing Index, plus US industrial production and initial jobless claims and retail sales. So uh, to see to keep the Fed happy, we want all of those to show cooling, don't we? To show things are, are going down, not going up, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the two for me that'll be important will be retail sales and jobless claims because jobless claims lifted last week um, and there have been all sorts of seasonal adjustment issues with that series over over the last sort of couple of years and they've sort of jumped up and down and sometimes they jump and then you find out that there's an issue with claims in a particular part of the states and so we discount it. But it felt like no one could really find a a sort of meaningful reason to um, talk talk down or not take seriously the lift in jobless claims last week. So let's see what we get tonight. I think that'll be really interesting because people, this is this is the sort of stuff that people are looking for. Is there any sign that that 500 basis points of rate hikes is starting to have some impact um, on the labour market? So that'll be pretty important. And, and I think retail, you know, just given its importance in the overall economy will be uh, one to watch as well. Right. I think we've reached the capacity of what we can actually squeeze into one episode of the morning call, don't you? There's been okay. a lot going on. Uh, so we'll leave it, it there has. for now. Good to talk, Sally. Catch you next time. Cheers, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, certainly enough for now. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning for another one. Thanks for listening. See you then. <laughs>